listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 17th of January 2023. Later we'll speak with Bill Evans, the Chief Economist of Westpac, to get his take on how the consumer has started the new year as interest rates are likely to continue to rise. But first, we'll start with China, which has seen its first decline in population in six decades, 1.412 billion people. That's down 850,000 by the end of 2022. And it puts India on track to become the world's most populous nation sometime this year. For more, I spoke with independent economist Janu Chan, who is based in Hong Kong. It is significant. China's slowing population growth has been a long-running issue. It's a legacy of the one-child policy, which was in place for many decades and finishing in 2016. But it's also some social and economic factors If you ask many Chinese, they will tell you it's really expensive to raise a kid and that's also adding to the declining birth rate. It's not good for long-term economic growth prospects. It means the potential growth rate of the economy will be lower. So it adds to that argument that the very strong growth rates of the economy in the past is going to be hard to repeat. So what do you think this will mean for China's place in the global economy, especially as India rises? I've seen some commentary that suggests that India may become the world's most populous nation sometime this year. I have seen that too. And, uh, you know, so sometime this year, it, it seems more than likely that India's population will exceed China's and likely to occur very soon. Uh, China is still going to be important for the global economy, don't forget. It will still demand a huge amount of commodities, goods and services. It comprises around 90% of world GDP, while India is somewhere at 7%. Uh, So India is still a big growth story in Asia and around the world, but in terms of its impact on the world economy and taking as big a share of the world economy, it's going to take a while before it gets to the state of China. Um, more on China's economy, also statistics from um, from China as well, saying that its GDP slowed to 2.9% year on year in the fourth quarter. I think annually it's 3%, the slowest since about 1976. But this is still better than expected. Why? Look, it may be better than market forecast, but it was, as you mentioned, still quite weak and much weaker than the 4% annual pace that we saw a year ago and well below the 5.5% uh, economic growth target that was set uh, much earlier in, the, in last year. Uh, we did expect weak economic growth, though, and that was because of COVID lockdowns and COVID, COVID itself, which has hit economic activity in the final quarter of last year. Uh, But there is a lot of optimism heading into 2023. Uh, The pandemic is moving really, really quickly, uh, which can have a devast is having a devastating impact on health outcomes. But at the same time, it also means that we might move past this pandemic quickly and a proper reopening occurring soon. Janu Chan there. She's an independent economist based in Hong Kong. Now for the Australian share market reaction because it did fall but only just 
0.03% on the S&P ASX 200, 7,386. For more, I spoke earlier with Nathan Somersundaram. He's the CEO of Deep Data Analytics. Yeah, we've had a bit of, a, I guess, optimism in China come off, but uh, the data was actually pretty solid. Um, I think the market was had a run yesterday, so it's giving back some of it today. Uh, and the Chinese data was actually better than expected, uh, but it did raise a few questions, and the market is still quite uncertain about what's happening in China. So there's, yeah, you know, some parts are good, some parts are not so good, so the market is a bit uncertain. Let's break some of that stuff um, down, particularly the Chinese uh, GDP numbers that are out today, like you mentioned, a little bit better than expected. There was also a rise in the number of overseas travellers into Australia, according to the Bureau of Statistics. Now, these numbers, though, don't really include um, any visitors from China because the borders were still closed uh, late last year. So how important is China to Australia's economy and to investments, especially as it reopens? Yeah, look, China is, is the big it's a big guy, um, everything. If you look at every part of our economy, from housing to tourism um, to, um, re, I suppose, the main trade partner, everything is linked to China. Um, so what happens in China is massive for us. Uh, and the reopening cycle is positive uh, for us. But for China, obviously, they've got the pandemic to deal with, and that'll slow things down. Um, but the numbers are good, um, you know, Yes, the GDP is growing at probably the lowest rate in a very, very long time, but it's still positive. And when you're looking at around the world where recession worries are rising almost in all parts of the world, China still holds up relatively well. So as long as China holds up, uh, I think we'll do relatively well and we should avoid any kind of real slowdown. Um, And opening up the border, we'll get tourism flowing and, and I think that'll get Australian tourism sector recovering as well. So we should see numbers pick up. We should see uh, more spending from Chinese tourists who basically been waiting for a couple of years to travel uh, getting out there. Um, consumer sentiment in Australia improved a little bit according to Westpac and the Melbourne Institute, but it's still really low. But on the flip side, you see companies like JB Hi-Fi, which today posted a 14% rise in half-year profit. So what's your take on the retail sector as interest rates start to rise? Because we saw in November retail sales hit a record high. This last-minute spending that the consumers had in November and December, was it really like a, a last hurrah? Yeah, you would think so. I mean, if you look at what's happening with the uh, savings ratio, they've all collapsed. Um, if you look at debt, that's gone up. Uh, and this is not just in Australia. This is a global trend. Um, consumers globally have been adding debt in an environment where rates are going up um, and running down their savings. So it is a it is something that's not sustainable. Uh, and everyone was hoping for, it's amazing how you can have hope in this market. Um, everyone's hoping for interest rates to drop. Uh, without any slowdown in the economy, which is amazing. <laughs> you don't have one without the other. Uh, so unfortunately, I think we are probably at the back end of it. Uh, but the retail sector in Australia is actually quite good. Um, there are, obviously you've got the, everyone benefited from the last couple of years of stimulus spending. Um, so everyone had a lot of money and everyone spent. And that's boosted a lot of share prices in uh, pretty much everyone in the sector. But the reality is there are some good operators and some that just benefited from the market. So the good operators like JB Hi-Fi, um, like Super Retail yesterday, um, and you know you look through things like uh, Premier Investment, you look at Shaver Shop, these guys are high quality players that can go through the cycle and have made the transition to online model as well. Then you look at the other side, a lot of the people who just got the multiple expansion because of the cyclical nature, 
are seeing the downside risk. And a lot of market darling retail stocks have been absolutely pummeled in the last 12 months. And they will continue to struggle. I don't see a huge upside for them. But look, the big thing for us is the consumer retail sector, anything linked to consumers, whether it is banks, whether it's property, whether it's consumer services, retail, all of this will run into lower spending. And that means it's going to get tougher. So you want to be in the good quality guys if you want to be in that sector. You don't want to be in the guys who are struggling because they're not going to get any better. Nathan Somersandaram there, the CEO of Deep Data Analytics. Now, we did mention very briefly that Consumer Sentiment Index from Westpac and the Melbourne Institute, it did rise a little in the month of January to a reading of 80.3, but it's still below that 100 level, which separates pessimists from optimists. So for more, including what it means for the future of interest rates, I spoke earlier with Bill Evans, who's the Chief Economist at Westpac. We had a 5% lift in the month of January. So over the last two months, it's lifted by 8.1%. But it's still at what I would call deeply pessimistic levels. And if we look at even the January number of 84.3, uh, that is still in the bottom 10% of all measures uh, since you go back to the mid 70s. So a consistent run of numbers like this one would still have you above, uh, below everything apart from the, um, the, the lows of the, of the, of the, recession in the early 90s so it's still it's still a very deeply pessimistic approach before we go into more detail about that right do you think we've seen a trough in consumer sentiment i would think so i think that clearly the one of the things that's been driving sentiment of course has been the interest rate story and back in november when it when it uh, printed 78 which i think is the low point for the cycle it's now at 84.3 uh, 60% of respondents thought interest rates were going to go up by more than 1%. That's now down to 48%. And I think as we move into 2023, that number will come down significantly. For instance, we think rates will go up by another 75 basis points, but there are many analysts out there thinking that they'll go, only go up by 25. And so I think consumers will start to respond to that. So this fear about excessively high interest rates will fade and we'll start to see some um, some better numbers, but I think the recovery will be slow and sentiment will remain what I would call below par for the rest of this year. So this divergence that we've seen between consumer sentiment and the actual way consumers are spending, do you think we'll eventually see that that gap kind of narrow? Because we've seen those record retail sales in November. There's anecdotal evidence that suggests that December is pretty strong. So consumers are spending even though they're not feeling very good. Yes, no. So the, the breakdown in the relationship has been quite spectacular, but we have been through a pretty spectacular period. And I think the legacy of the of of the uh, of the of of COVID has been a big factor. So people have been accumulating large amounts of savings. There's been a big reopening effect. Labor markets are excessively tight. All those factors will fade as we go through 2023, but at the same time, sentiment will start to edge up for the reasons we discussed. And so I think you'll find a much better alignment between slower consumer spending and a better but still a below-par measure for consumer sentiment. Okay, and just reiterating, what happens with interest rates? What do you expect it to do and what, what then happens with sentiment? Uh, look, we're expecting that they'll raise rates again in February and then again in March. I think the final move will be in uh, in May, and that'll be in response to a still very high inflation report that we'll see for the March quarter. 
I don't think the Reserve Bank will feel comfortable to go on hold when inflation is printing uh, around the sixes and sevens that, that are likely around about that time. So in that situation, I think that'll be the last move because we will be seeing uh, substantial slowing in the economy and we'll see uh, on a, on a, on a short-term momentum basis a substantial slowing in inflation. So I think that'll see us out by May, uh, but, um, but certainly February, March look to be very likely. Bill Evans there, Chief Economist at Westpac. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.